Welcome to Private Club Radio, your weekly source for industry education, news and discussion. Broadcasting from Tampa, Florida, ladies and gentlemen, here is your host, Gabriel Aloisi. Hey there, how's it going today? We've got an episode of The Inbox for you on tap. Got some awesome questions that came in from membership and marketing folks around the country and even from Wales. So we've got an international question to answer on this edition of The Inbox. So if you've been paying attention to social media, you might see some folks using the hashtag Club Changemaker, where we are recognizing folks in the industry doing incredible things. And wanted to remind you that we've got the hashtag Club Changemaker gear, the official gear of Private Club Radio, the shirts, the notebooks, the laptop covers, the cell phone covers, all that stuff available to you. If you go to privateclubradio.com slash shop, and you can check some of those items out. Well, without further ado, let's put it right over to Rick Coffee for the inbox. And now it's time to open up the inbox. Join your hosts, Gabriel Aloisi and Rick Coffey, as they tackle the most important questions in the private club industry. Well, good morning, everyone. Hello again. This is Rick Coffey. And today we have the eighth edition of the inbox starting. And this is going to be a special and quite difficult episode for Gabe and I. I recently posted on LinkedIn that this episode is going to be like an AP class back in high school because there is five very difficult questions for Gabe and I to ask, but we're excited to do so. And so let's jump right into the eighth episode of The Inbox. Yeah. So our first question comes from Stuart Finley of Wales Golf. And Stuart asks, question number one. Hey, Gabe, it's Stuart Finley from Wales Golf. Hope you guys are doing well over the pond. Um, two quick questions from me. Um, one is, how are clubs, in your experience, identifying what their current market or demographic might be? And how should they target these particular groups? Um, and on a different subject completely, um, if clubs are unsure whether or not their governance structures uh, need to change, what are the top five indicators that your current structure is being ineffective for your business? Thanks. Cheers. Excellent question. I think this is our first uh, global outside the United States question, Gabe. That's very exciting. Uh, Stuart, the, the unfortunate answer is that very little to no work uh, is being done on clubs actually identifying their current prospect market and demographic out there. And it's not being done because it's really not an easy thing to do because you have to sort of look outside the your club and even the industry to try to get reports, say, from census reports or online marketing programs where you're getting data about, you know, just general uh, things out there. And I think that area is why so many of the clubs don't don't try to get this. Then there's specialized companies, consulting companies, specifically Clubmark. I know really does this for clubs out there, and that's Rick Coyne. So certainly a very respected uh, company to do so. But I, what I would suggest, because so much is not being done and what, how a club can actually get this done, is to take a look at the, the people who have actually came to your club to look for membership. So I would take a look back maybe over the last three to six months and hopefully dig into what those prospects actually were looking for. Where did they come from? What neighborhoods were they coming from? How far of a drive time were they coming from? And especially what type of amenities that your club 
were important to them, that would be the, the best way and I think the easiest way to actually get some very specific demographic and demographic information. Your second question about governance, I'll, I'll just do two things. When I see boards not running well, two things are usually happening. The monthly meetings, the board meeting that they're having is usually very unstructured where if there's a topic, it seems to be that just as you go around the table, everybody just gives their personal opinion. And by the time you're back to the original person, nothing's been done. That's, that's an indicator of some unstructured government. And then especially once the meeting's done and there may be some action items that everybody discussed needs to be followed up. If you're seeing that those items, when you come to the next board meeting, aren't being addressed, and then you're just talking about it again, that's a huge indicator as well. So I'll go with those two pieces. Gabe, what do you got? Yeah, well, good stuff there, Rick. I'll, I'll start with picking up on, because Stuart asked for five, so we'll give him five. I'll give him three more. You gave us two good ones. Okay. I'll say that uh, meetings are lasting too long. That's usually a red flag. And it probably gets back to what you're saying where they're just going around in circles. But that's a pretty easy one. Just put a clock on the meeting. And if it's going more than a, a couple hours, uh, something's mm-hmm. definitely wrong in, uh, in that governance structure. Number two on my list would be committees interfere with day-to-day operations. So if they're trying to get their hands in everything yeah. and not letting the management do its own job, which is what they're hired and paid to do, that's definitely a red flag. And the third one is pretty simple one. If you start hearing a lot of member complaints... There's something wrong in the governance structure. Either the message is not getting down to the people at the at the base level or some other communication problem. And, and generally, Stuart, most problems are communication problems, I would say, from, from my experience. So um, that's always the first place to start. Now, let's get back to your first question, how do clubs identify the current market demographic? Well, I'm going to be a little bit more blunt than, than Rick and just say that they're not doing it because they're lazy. <laughs> All right. And uh, sorry to say, but if you're in a marketing position, if you're in a membership position and you don't know your current club makeup and you don't know the current market out there, then you're not doing your job right because that's where everything starts when it comes to marketing. You can't market to somebody who you don't know <laughs> or somebody who you can't identify. So the easiest way to do that is, like Rick said, to create a member survey to find, or find out who is the current membership makeup. What does that look like? And as Rick said, Clubmark is, is one company that can help you do that. You can also do that, you know, informally as well as a membership director. Just look at the people who are in your club. You should be able to tell by the car they drive or the clothes they wear, you know, what their socioeconomic status is. And then use those numbers to identify prospects out in your local market. And again, there's all sorts of research out there. My own company can pull you a list of potential prospects based on income, affinity like golf or tennis or wine or something like that, age age demographics, home value, net worth. There's so many pieces of data that is really readily available to you that every club should be doing. So that is, uh, that's how you do it. <laughs> All right. And if you were, if you were offended by uh, Gabe's take there, you can email me at rickcoffeecmp at gmail.com and I'll, <laughs> I'll take all your, your, your comments to him directly. I'm just, I'm just in one of those moods today. I'm just going to, I'm going to shoot straight and tell it like it is. I'm not going to sugarcoat Hey, you it. did. <laughs> I also, I also thought of a bonus governance issue while you were giving your, your three there, Gabe. If the board doesn't look like the membership sort of looks at a, you know, a snapshot, if you're finding that the board looks a lot like uh, a bunch of older, pure golfers instead of having, 
diversity in age and gender and membership class. I think that's also a big indicator yeah. of some wow. issues. Wow, that's awesome. You're right. It's got to be a nice mixture of, of what the actual demographic makeup of the club is for, for it to serve yeah. the club in the right way. That's right. Well, that was a, that was a good start to this uh, advanced class. Uh, number two uh, is coming from Amy, Amy Talbot, membership director at Lost City Golf Club. Question number two. Hello, this is Amy Talbot, Membership Director of Lost City Golf Club in Atlantis, Florida. And I'd like to know your thoughts regarding digital marketing um, and utilizing that in the private club industry to uh, tap um, potential new members. And uh, further, do you have any insight on the effectiveness of Google AdWords versus Facebook advertising? I look forward to hearing your answer. Thanks so much. Well, I know our our thoughts might differ a little bit on this one, but certainly my my opinion is you've got to do it. I mean, that's where people are living. Everyone's on their mobile phones. More internet usage happens from a mobile nowadays than the desktop. And so you've got to be doing some digital marketing. Uh, and if you're going to choose between Facebook and, and Google AdWords, I'd say Facebook all day because Facebook is very undervalued right now. Actually, I heard Gary Vaynerchuk speak here in Tampa a couple weeks ago. And he was he was saying that, you know, the big players, the McDonald's, the Johnson's and Johnson's and, and those those huge multinational corporations haven't really put their full marketing budget into these platforms like Facebook and Instagram yet. And so because of that, they're they're very undervalued. You can I can get clicks for my clients for twenty five cents a click to their website, which if I was trying to do that on Google AdWords, it might be two or three dollars or or up to do that. So Facebook, if you're going to choose one, that's that's definitely the way to go when you're doing digital marketing. How about you, Rick? What's what's your take? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm just gonna leave the Google AdWords versus Facebook to you, just because you know more about that area. But I'll just speak to the general piece there. I am just a little bit different, and I guess you would call it old school in the fact that I don't I don't think it's a great brand feel to to have your your club up there with an ad next to it or being on a website and you see an ad for for your club there. Digital marketing is obviously only going to get more and more common just as as time moves along. I understand that. But recently I just moved from Chicago to Florida and I want to join a club. And so I'm sort of a prospect right now at, at, at private clubs. And so as I'm searching the internet for clubs around me here in Jacksonville, I got to see some of these things where, you know, some were, were using Google AdWords and it just didn't feel when I saw who was up there that, uh, you know, it was something that I wanted to see as a, as a prospect of them up there. I want it to feel more organic, but again, that's just sort of an old fashioned feel to me. And I'm going to admit that probably down the road, my stance will change on this. But right now I think it's still more of SEO making sure that if somebody's searching for a club in a certain area, that just the natural search engine optimization gets you up to the top without having to pay for the clicks. I think that's still the best route to go on my end. Yeah, well, it's definitely the, the least expensive route. But I, I will I will say that even if you're going to be at the top of the list, then you're going to have to put resources and effort into into your search engine optimization, which in in ipso yep. facto is digital marketing. <laughs> well, well said. Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. Well, our next question comes from Marianne Nicholson. She's the membership director at Hammock Beach, and we just got to both see her. If you, yeah. if you follow us <laughs> on you. LinkedIn, you, you saw me and Rick take a picture with her over at Hammock Beach. Anyways, here's Marianne's question. 
Question number three.、Uh, we just had an incentive to join the club end on January 31st. And in the recent past, my, all my marketing pieces、uh, was used that promotion as my call to action. Now that it's ended, what should I use as a call to action?、Um, and how do I give people urgency to join if I don't have a promotion? Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Bye. All right, Rick, what's your take? Yeah, this is one of the best questions I think we've had, honestly, Gabe, just because it's such a global question and something that a lot of clubs around the country actually use. And so, what Marianne was saying is that all of her collateral that she has really prepared was about this incentive that ended on January 31st. And so, obviously, what does she do now? And so, I think a lot of people are really going to listen into this question. What I think we need to really talk about is having real urgency. And I've heard you say on past episodes, you know, if you do any type of incentive, always make sure they're very limited. You know, and what I think is most important out of that is if you are saying that something's limited, once that in- incentive is ended, end it. Don't allow somebody to come in a couple weeks later and then come back through there. You know, it just feels like the real urgency that you're looking for is not there if you're going to continue it on. Ultimately, I want to see a club be well, so well branded and be providing so much value out there in the industry that they don't need an incentive, but there is sometimes that, that incentives are needed. So if you're going to do it, you know, make sure that once the incentive is over, like Marion is saying, that you move on to a new incentive and you, and you push towards that. That's just my piece there, Gabe, is that I see too many people. Continuing on an incentive, even once it's been stated it's done.、Uh, so, what do you have here? Yeah. Well, like you, I'm, I don't love incentives, but if we're going to do it, then when it ends, my advice is to rub it in their face. Like, seriously, rub it in their face. I mean, you want to show pictures of people enjoying themselves <laughs> and all the awesome things that your club is doing and make sure that people know that this is the place where the action is happening. So, rub it in. Then, when it comes to the next incentive you're going to do, or if you're going to do a similar campaign later on, then you've really got to have a countdown. People, people, FOMO is huge, the fear of missing out. And if you, can, if you can tap into that, it's something in our brain just makes us want to go crazy and pull our hair out. So, <laughs>、uh, you got to、yeah. do things like have a countdown of when this, when this ends or how many spots are available. So, let's say you're doing, let's take a summer. Summer membership or some trial membership, as an example. You want to have a countdown. There's only three days left to take advantage of this offer. There's only one day left. This is the last call, things like that. Or you could count down in terms of how many memberships you're allowing. So let's say that you, you have 25 spots available for a preview membership. Then when it gets to 15, say there's only 15 spots available. Cross out the 25 and put 15. Or if there's only five left, then let people know that. You've got to put, instill that. Fear of missing out in people. And if that will help you, people actually move to action. Otherwise, they're just going to, you know, put it off and put it off and never actually take any action. Actually, we've got Michael Crandall here calling in, believe it or not. I'm going to see if I can get him、wow. on the show live here. Hold on. Okay. Hey, Michael, it, it, it's, it's Rick and Gabe. We're, we're on、uh, Private Club Radio Live. How are you? Well, I just checked in. I was just thinking about you all and just wanted to say hi. I had no agenda, no n o t h i n g Hello, Michael. Just,、uh, Send good wishes and、uh, just reach out and put my arm on your shoulder and say, How you doing, my friend? That's awesome, Michael. I'll call you right back after this segment, but I, well, while you're on, I'm going to tell everybody that Michael has an awesome comic book that just came out and、uh, it's being spread <laughs> online. 
And uh, how do they get a copy of that, Michael? I don't know what's going to happen, Gabe. It's in your hands, in your able hands. <laughs> well, it's called Tales from the Crypt, and you can actually get a sneak peek of it online. I know uh, he's posted it on LinkedIn, so definitely check that out. You missed one word. You missed one word, though. Oh, what it's is it? not Tales from the Crypt. It is true tales. Oh, yes. <laughs> Love it, Michael. I'll call you back in just a bit. Thanks for popping in. All right, bye-bye. Awesome. Well, how about how cool, that? For, how cool for, is that? <laughs> perfect, perfect. All right, let's move on to the next question, Rick. Question number four. Hi, Rick. It's Leanna Dowes in um, Burlington, North Carolina, calling from Alamance Country Club. I hope you're doing well. Trying to come up with a good legacy program. Um, I've talked with a couple of um, colleagues in and around my area who have trial membership programs. Um, our community is not very in favor of those, but we're really looking to try to target those um, dependents that are rolling off at age 26. I did a little research. In the next three years, I've got over 50 who are going to roll off, and we'd like to try to find a way to reel them in. So I'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback. Sure. Well, I'm going to just get down to the base of, of, of what a club is all about, and that's really you've got to just provide programming and host events for that demographic. If you do that, if you make your club actually entertaining to the people in that age group, they're going to be much more likely to want to take on that legacy membership. And I think that gets that that simple point gets lost in the shuffle so often. Like we're we're, we're thinking about how we how do we convince these people to actually sign up for a membership, but we're not actually doing anything in our clubs to make that appealing to them. And so that's my very right. simple answer for today is just simply provide the programming and host events that they're going to want to be at. If you do that, they're going to want to become members of the club because they have their friends there and they enjoy spending their time at the club. How about you, Rick? What's your take? Yeah. Unlike you, I always seem to get a little muddy here, but I, uh, <clears throat> what I want to say to Leanna and, and I want to say hello to her. She's a very talented membership director. And so the best answer I have here, Leanna, is to start the conversation well in advance. Too much in our industry happens reactively and after the fact of the deadline. Oh, this deadline is coming now in a week. What do we do now? But when you're dealing with a group like this, you have parents who are members and you've probably seen this kid. If you've been at the club for years, you've probably seen that kid for years. And so I thought I'd like to see as membership directors actually take a look at this a little bit more in advance and start talking to that child. If your age limit is 26, start talking to that family at around age 24, 25, see where the, you know, what the kid is interested in. Uh, and then also start talking to the parents because most likely when that kid comes out of the membership, it's not the child who's going to be paying for the membership. It's going to be the parents there. And so the conversation needs to be a little bit more natural and, and actually a little bit more nurturing. And that's why I think if you set your, your limit back a little bit where you're actually reaching out well in advance of this child coming off, it's going to feel a lot more natural. Um, and certainly because the parents are going to be fronting the bill, I think they'll they'll feel like it's a much better process as well through there. Obviously, you do need to have programming because if the child's not going to be interested in anything that they're doing at the club, you're right. Um, but I think the, the conversation needs to happen a little bit earlier. And what I've actually seen uh, is coming off of that before maybe the child gets to a full membership, there's almost like an intermediary membership where they come off and it might be an annual cost, just a blanket $1,000, $2,000 cost to give that child privileges coming off of there maybe for three to four years until they get to age 30. So 
that'd be my couple pieces that I have. No, that's that's really good stuff, Rick. That, that's awesome. Thanks. Well, our next question comes from Erin Spalding. She's the membership oh, yeah. and real estate consultant over there on the Palm Coast. Here's Erin's question. Yeah. Question number five. Hey there, Rick. This is Erin Spalding. I've been noticing more and more that membership directors are um, steering more towards the way of email follow-up with prospective members or uh, following up on new membership sales and avoiding making that personal phone call. Uh, in my opinion, I, I think the personal phone call is, is important and uh, people appreciate it. But their take on it is that people don't want to be bothered with phone calls and that they prefer to communicate via email. Just wondering what your thoughts are. Thanks so much. When I heard this question, I obviously wanted to think, oh man, you know, this it would be so good to say that a, a phone call works, but I, I'm just like, well, if I'm going to give an opinion, I should be real about it. And I don't know the, the last time I've picked up a phone number, uh, a call where I can see a phone number that I don't really know who it is. I let it ring through and I let it go to voicemail in place. So I can't say that, oh yes, everybody should be cold calling out there. I'm going to basically say that you you should try to reach out via email and try to set that appointment, you know, give the person a reason, because even if you do make that cold call and that general manager, that membership person, that prospect, uh, whoever you're calling out there picks up the phone, you're going to spend most of your, your first initial minutes just trying to justify why you called them in, in place there. So what I think you should do is reach out with an email Try to set the appointment so that when you do make a phone call, everything's set up and you can get right into business. What's your thoughts? Yeah, good stuff. Well, uh, I would say, first off, automate your emails so that you're not having to do that busy work. You can set up email automation with a lot of the club software that's out there as well as some other tools that are on the internet so that you're not having to email these people all the time, but they're just on a schedule. Then you can actually pepper in a few phone calls during that process, so maybe... You've got three emails that go out over the over the first three weeks, and in week four you give them a call. That way, you could even set it up. You can say, "Hey, you know, I'll be calling you on Tuesday, you know, to see if we can schedule a time for you to come into the club." And if they know you're calling, maybe they'll actually answer that. That's one way you can do Correct. it. But I'll give yeah. you another hack that I've heard from some from some serious marketers that really works, and it's a little outside the box, but maybe give it a shot and see see what happens. If you've got some prospects and you've connected with them on social networks like Instagram, for instance, what about doing a direct video message to them personally? Because again, that personal touch is really lost these days. So just a 10 or 15 second direct message that's a video. Hey, this is Leanne. I, I just want to invite you to the club. We've got we got something amazing happening, and just love for you to to treat you to dinner for you and your spouse, uh, and, and just see what they cool. say after that. But it's a way that th there's no way they're going to miss that because everybody checks their direct messages and things like Instagram, and it's a nice way to put your little personal touch to something. Uh, so that would be yeah, my I'd advice. Yeah, I'd love to see how that works. I, I do think it would be effective. I don't know if it would come off uh, sort of creepyish to some people, <laughs> well, you know, be, but I think it'd be wor worth trying. Yeah. I mean, it's creepy if only if it's like your first contact or if it's a cold contact. But if you've been emailing these people and really, again, providing them value is, is, is yeah. so important. It's not just selling to them, but giving them a golf tip or giving them a recipe from your chef or like providing some sort of value in some way to these people. Then when you do that, when you reach out for them on week four, week five, week six, whenever it is then I think they'll much be much more receptive to that. Yeah. See, see what it's amazing. I, I was just looking over the, the answers up to these five questions. 
Gabe, almost every one of our answers is just do a little bit more work than what <laughs> yeah. everybody else does. Exactly. You know, it's, it's just amazing how that was really our answer to it. And I get it. I mean, sometimes we're dealing with over hundreds of prospects and to, to get personalized on each takes time. But like you said, you're a professional, you're getting paid to do these kind of things. And if you can just do a little step further, you're going to see yourself jump ahead of what everybody else around you is doing. Yep. You know, and it's just funny that we had basically a common theme amongst us all. <laughs> yeah. It started to starts and ends with that for sure. And uh, I know you've done that throughout your career, which is, is very admirable, Rick. Well, thanks. I had a, uh, a little bonus question here that I wanted to, to personally know, and it's right in your, your realms. Uh, what, what trends are you seeing since you're in the marketing and you do some print materials for clubs? What are you seeing in collateral for clubs, the actual print? Is it still rel- uh, relative in the industry? And if so, what are some of the hot things that are going right now on in print? Yeah, I think it's still relevant depending on your club's demographics. So every club is different. I can't give you a blanket statement and say that either, yes, it's it's still alive or okay. no, it's dead. But if, again, if getting back to knowing your, who your current member is and who that potential demographic is that you're trying to serve, when, once you identify who those people are, it's there's statistics out there that will tell you which ones respond in which way to which type of media. <laughs> um, so yeah. do you know? So if it's if you've got baby boomers um, that you're going after, yeah, it's direct mail certainly is is a great way to do that. If we're talking about print or even having a club newsletter. Okay. So I have a client, the St. Pete Yacht Club, and their average age is in somewhere in the early 70s. And so club oh. newsletters that are printed still work really well for them. But if your average age is the younger demographic, maybe you go to a digital newsletter or maybe you focus your efforts on that Facebook marketing we talked about. I think it really it really is dependent on on the actual makeup of your club and who your potential market is out there. So there's not one sure. one end all be all answer, though, but it, it, it's it's going to be uh, d- dictated by each club. Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, Thanks. actually, I have a question for you. So, well, first off, cool. for folks that haven't 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 been living under a rock or just you know they've been they've been in a cave hibernating this winter, mm-hmm. they may not know that that Mr. Rick Coffee actually started his own consulting practice. Can you tell folks a little bit about what you got going on, Rick? Well, I appreciate you you asking about that. Yeah. So I, I did make a change uh, recently. Uh, where I'm starting my own club sales consulting business. And really, Gabe, what it comes down to is obviously, yes, I, I like to provide for my family, but I've done a lot just trying to help move, push the, the actual membership sales area ahead. You know, I just know that it's behind. I know there's a lot of new people taking this role. There's a lot of people who got pushed in into this role. And so I want to really be one of the first consultants out there that can be a guiding light for somebody who may not know really exactly what they're doing and provide them some training, some help, some best practices. I've seen a lot, you know, doing what I do. And so I I did start Rick Coffee Club Sales Consulting, and then you're going to see something coming out soon here. We're actually starting a company called the Private Club Specialist as well. So it's going to be exciting. Uh, I'm still getting my feet wet uh, using you. Thank you for helping me with the logo as well. And I'll be reaching out to you because I know you, you know, your business is sort of in the same fashion of helping clubs move forward. So we're talking about membership and marketing here this whole episode. How are you actually going to be marketing your new business? What what method will you be using? 
Yeah, that's a good good question. I think I, I'm going to be working with you, and we haven't started on the website. I think everybody needs to have a website out there, and that is going to be something that I got to get done here as well. But for me, my philosophy on on being a consultant for clubs is a little bit different as far as I don't want to be a hired gun where I come in to get 30 to 50 members and I walk away. I want I want to be more on a retainer, like a concierge person, where I'm there for at least a good year to help help everybody get along there. And so a lot of my, you had Michael Crandall call in and I know he's never really done any marketing for himself. He's just helped out so many clubs that it's just a, you know, a word of mouth and referral system out there. I'm hoping the same way I've done a lot out there. I hopefully have helped a lot of clubs and I'm hoping that a lot of member referrals will happen uh, as well, where I'm, I'm getting referrals from new clubs as well. So a lot will come. Obviously, I'll be posting out the, to my social media network about it, but I appreciate your help in spreading the word as well. Well, Rick, we're all uh, proud of you, and we're, we're wishing you Thanks. the best of luck, and I know you're going to help a lot of clubs out there, and, and uh, you are a true club change maker as well. So thanks for doing yeah, what you do. Yeah, thank you man. very much. And thank you for everybody who, who called into this time. We had really five good questions here. Uh, we had our first international question. So the inbox just keeps going. And hopefully, Gabe, we can get another one out uh, very soon after this. Absolutely. All right, Rick. Well, you have a wonderful rest of the day, and we'll be talking soon on another edition of The Inbox. All right. Thank you. Want to be on the next edition of The Inbox? Visit privateclubradio.com slash inbox and leave us a voicemail. The best questions will get answered on the show. That's going to do it. Good luck and Godspeed. And until next week, here's to your membership success. Private Club Radio is brought to you by Concert Golf Partners, helping to preserve and enhance private golf and country clubs. Concert Golf has the capital, expertise, and private club hospitality experience to help upscale private clubs achieving long-term success and membership growth. For 25 years, Concert Golf has allowed private club members to focus on simply enjoying their club. Visit ConcertGolfPartners.com to learn more about the recapitalization process.